This is episode 273 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, if you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Welcome back to the To Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And today's episode is going to be about a common pain that can happen postpartum, and that's wrist pain. And this is a topic we haven't really covered too much on the podcast, but it is very common. And just like any other postpartum topic that Jess or I bring up, if you're pregnant listening to this, don't turn off the episode it's so helpful for you to hear about this before you get to postpartum because some of the exercises I'm going to mention can actually be great for you to start doing in pregnancy to help strength and mobility around your wrist, which could actually help you get ahead of this pain, but also know how to address it in case it still does come up. So why I find that this often happens postpartum is when you think about it, we're not used to carrying or lifting 
something so often like we will our baby postpartum any other time in life right if this is your second third fourth or beyond then yes you have prior with another little one but again depending on how much time is in between babies there could be a period of time where you're not lifting and carrying as much as it's we do this so often it's the first two years I find is the most lifting and carrying and it's not like our babies get any lighter right they continue growing and as they grow and they gain strength they're able to help us more so they have more head control or they can kind of use their legs to hold on to us more. So that can take some stress off our body. But again, they're getting heavier. So the strength and mobility we have, not only in our wrists, but in our upper body in general, can make such a difference in that. Now, when it comes to wrist pain, there's actually different areas around the wrist you might experience pain. So I'm going to go over some of the different types. But just for you to know, today's episode is going to be around general um, suggestions as well as exercises that could be helpful for all types of wrist pain. But again, to really get a good idea of why you're experiencing wrist pain and, you know, specific you know, manual therapy or treatment, for example, a physio could offer you like acupuncture um, or therapeutic tape, it would be great to see someone near you for that individualized assessment. Because like I said, there can be some differences depending on the type of wrist pain that you're having. So one type of wrist pain can actually be at the base of your thumb, kind of where the thumb, where you would picture the thumb um, attaches to your wrist. There's a couple of tendons that you can see almost pop out in that area. So if you trace down your thumb to your wrist on that side of your wrist, um, sometimes this pain can be called decor veins. And one of the tests we do to look at this is if you were to hold your um, arms out in front of you with the elbows bent, but the palms are facing each other, and then you were to curl your thumb in towards your palm, and then your other four fingers can curl around your thumb. So it's like you're in a fist with your thumb in the middle. And then if you start to bend your wrist away from you, so it's bending towards the pinky side of your wrist. And with decor veins, um, this movement can often cause a discomfort or pain around that base of the thumb that I talked about on the wrist side. Now, another type of pain can be on the palm side of your wrist. And depending, again, with certain tests that we do, this could actually be carpal tunnel. And often with that, it could be accompanied with uh, numbness or tingling that go into certain aspects of your hand and into your fingers. So I won't be touching on uh, some of the nerve aspects with carpal tunnel today. There's nerve gliding and nerve flossing that often will go through with you as a physio to help the nerves glide better, which can actually help with this type of pain. Now, another type of wrist pain that you may have or you may be experiencing is if you were to, again, bend your arms and have your palms facing down, so instead of pain on the palm side of your hand, it would be on the opposite. So on the top part of your wrist. And so that's another type of pain you might be experiencing uh, postpartum as well. And again, these can also be experienced in pregnancy, but you'll see when I'm talking about um, some adjustments that you can make postpartum and, and why this comes up. So let's first dive into positioning. 
So like I was mentioning, postpartum is a time that we are lifting and carrying our baby and, you know, feeding the baby, whether you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding, we're in these constant carrying and holding positions that our body and our arms just like have not been used to doing that often, especially. And so it can be common that we kind of be, we may be torquing our wrists or you like may always be holding your baby in the same position. And as they grow, you will naturally change how you hold them. So how you hold a newborn won't necessarily be the same as how you hold your eight month old baby. And so what I want you to notice is, do you always hold your baby regardless of how old they are? Do you always hold them right now on the same side of your body or maybe always facing in versus do you ever have your baby facing out? Um, if they're really little, like in that newborn stage for the first bit, you can also even have them placed over your forearm with their head facing down towards your hand. And they can fit quite nicely in that position. And there can be, be lots of benefits to this position, even for digestion. Um, but again, it's a different position for your wrist. So that's what I want you to first notice. How do you hold your baby? Is it always in the same way? Because part of what's going to help this type of pain is if we can vary up how you hold them. So whether it's if you always hold them on one side of your body, like, you know, towards you over one shoulder, could we make that, you know, conscious effort to sometimes hold them on the other side, which is going to put your wrist in a different position, right? You're going to probably use your other wrist a little bit more. So that's one way to do it. And then in general, you know, in terms of cradling the baby, or like I said, holding them over your form, there are just so many ways that we can hold them. Now, along those lines of varying up the positions you hold them, I want you to take a look at what your wrist does in those positions. So one of the easiest ways to do that is if you can go in front of a mirror when you're holding your baby. And again, just notice with your wrist, what we're looking at is if you were to put your wrist straight out, not holding your baby, um, but with the elbow bent again, like I mentioned at the start and palms facing in, what we call a neutral wrist position is where your hand goes straight out um, from your wrist and it's not, you know, bending down towards the floor and it's not bending up towards the ceiling. So it's kind of in a straight line, basically, from the rest of your forearm. Now, I would say this is not realistic to do this all day, 24-7. Some people get told to do that. And it's, I don't want you to get fixated on it always has to be that way. But why I'm bringing it up is I want you to notice when you hold your baby and you look in the mirror, is your wrist always kind of torqued or turned or twisted one direction? Because I do find those who experience this pain, typically you're in a very similar position all the time when you're holding your baby and when you're lifting. So think of, can we get a little bit more of a neutral position with that hand? Now, when it comes to lifting your baby, whether it's from the floor or from crib, bassinet, from a bed, like from any um, surface, again, notice how you lift your baby. So there's actually different ways we can do this. So one way is when we put our hands kind of under each armpit of the baby. And again, when they're really little, then we're also looking to support their head with this. 
kind of with your your fingers around the back but again notice are you kind of torquing your wrist up towards the ceiling when you do that or could you try when you go under their armpit try to keep your wrist more straight when you're lifting the baby that way another option too is you may notice just like i mentioned with carrying do you pick up the baby the same way all the time so that example i gave with you know um, hands under the armpits to lift the baby do you do this also when they're on the floor do you do this in other positions that you may not need to i find that under the armpit kind of lifting is one of the most common ones getting them out of the car seat because it is challenging to lift them in another way out of that just because of you know the seat shape whereas on the floor we could do different ways right you could put one hand under their head so it's not you know palms aren't facing each other but one palm is up towards the ceiling and then the other hand you scoop under their bum to lift them up or under their back um, so that's a that's just a totally different position for your wrist and for your arm. So I want you to look at it that way, right? You know, can I carry the baby in different positions, but also can I lift them with my hands in different positions? Now, another common position that we're often in is when we're feeding the baby. So whether you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding, again, notice how you're holding your baby. So I totally get, you know, having a, um, like a feeding pillow or having pillows sometimes, you know, isn't a priority. You're just kind of feeding them wherever you can, but that can be something that can make such a big difference, especially when you're at home, when you know, you could have the feeding pillow somewhere, uh, where you typically feed or other pillows. If you typically feed in a few different places, have a lot of thick pillows around because if you're with the amount of times you're feeding a baby during the day, especially those first few months, again, you're in that position often and for a longer period of time than later on. So having a, um, a feeding pillow and then especially when they're little, what I'll often talk to my clients about is because baby is smaller and also they don't have the same head control versus when they're a bit older is you may need to add pillows under your feeding pillow so I often did that whether you um, stack pillows so that the whole feeding pillow is raised or you may just choose to put it under the side that your baby's head is on right and I mean there's so many different holds um, especially for breastfeeding but in terms of you may need to adjust depending what what breastfeeding hold you're using, but you get what I mean, right? In terms of if we can lift the baby higher to you so you're not bending down, um, but also without those pillows, you essentially have to hold the baby the entire session, right? Versus allowing the pillows to help you out and help your wrists out. Now, another part specifically with breastfeeding, and especially again, during those first few months um, when you're getting feeding established is I know some need to hold hold the baby with one hand but hold their breast with their other hand and again that position where if you're holding your breast and your wrist often will be bent and you're almost grip in kind of a grip position with your fingers and your thumb and again when you're doing that for long periods of time sometimes that can be contributing to this pain too so I know that can't always be helped, 
But again, if that's something that you need to do because of your feeding journey, then the stretches and strengthening I'll be talking about can also be helpful to help offset having to be in that position. Um, and then again, having the pillows raised can also help the opposite hand so that the, the hand or the wrist that is holding the breast, when you're on the other side, it's getting a break versus then when you're on the other side and that hand is still having to work pretty hard to hold the baby up. So the pillows, um, having your setup well so that you can be up tall and that you're not having to use the wrist so much can be a game changer with that type of pain. Now, one thing too to consider is with baby wearing, that does also give your wrists and your hands and your arms a bit of a break. Now, everyone has a different experience with that, you know, whether baby even likes that or whether it feels good on your body, but something I did want to bring up because it may be something that is an option for you, or maybe you hadn't really thought about it. Oh, this actually would give my hands and my arms a bit of a break. So, so many different options on that. I know I want to do an upcoming episode just on baby wearing alone, I think would be helpful. Um, because you may be using a sling or a wrap um, or a structured carrier. So there's so many different options, but can be worth looking into, like I said, to give your wrists and your arms a bit of a break during the day too. So let's get into some exercises. So we're going to start with mobility exercises that also some might consider to be stretches. And now that I've gone through different ways of, you know, holding the baby, how you might be lifting the baby and with feeding, you can tell kind of the general trend is often that your wrist, if you were to look down at your wrist again, bend your elbow, palms facing each other, often it's that your wrist is curled in. So fingers are coming towards you thumb is drawing in as well. So it's almost like a grip and a drawing in of that wrist versus the opposite, which we call extension. So if your fingers and thumb were moving away from your body, so towards the outside. So what we want to do is get a bit of that opposition that you're not necessarily getting during the day if you're constantly having the wrist uh, inflection or that wrist kind of bent towards you. And so a couple ways we can do this. There's um, a stretch which you may have come across if you're having this type of pain. I know the stretch gets talked about. And that's where if you were to sit and have your arms straight in front of you, palms down, and then you draw your fingers and your thumb towards the ceiling. So we're essentially bringing the wrist into what we call extension. And then you'll feel a bit of a stretch along the palm and into the palm side of your forearm. So that is one way, and you can bring your other hand on that hand to add what we call overpressure. So you go further into the movement, you feel a further stretch. That's one that can be helpful. But again, we also want to stretch in the opposite direction. So into flexion, which may be the position your wrist is often in, but we still want to see what does a stretch feel like in that position, because it could again be that you're lacking mobility in that position, even though you're using that position it may still feel restricted. So again, do the opposite. So with the arm forward, draw the fingers and thumb towards the floor. You can add your other hand over top of that hand to bring it further into flexion. So bending the wrist further. And that one, you'll feel more of a stretch 
on the uh, top side of your forearm. So those are two just kind of basic gentle stretches. You can go into them um, as much as you want to in terms of the amount of stretch. Similar to any other mobility exercises we've talked about, deep breathing during them can make a big difference. If you're holding your breath, you might again be holding tension and the purpose of this is to help release tension um, in your far forearms and in your hands. So that's one way to do it. I like to progress as quickly as my client is able to into more of what we call weight bearing um, mobility movements for the wrist. So you could start with your palms down on a table. So you're standing in front of a table, palms down, and then you're gradually shifting your weight forward over your hand. So this is again, going into what we call extension. So bending, um, the fingers and the thumb up towards you if your uh, palm is facing down and gently going into that stretch, holding it for a couple of breaths and then easing off and doing that again. So over time, you'll be able to go further into that wrist extension. And then you can do the opposite too, right? You could actually um, bring your fingers and thumb down onto the table and that can feel like a pretty intense stretch. So just kind of ease into it and then you can rock forward too. So that's going into that flexion position. So you can do it on the table and then kind of the next step would actually be on hands and knees. So you're actually putting body weight through it. And again, you would gradually go into this. So I'll almost have clients start not quite a child's pose position, but if that's familiar to you, where you're on your knees and your bum is towards your ankles and your hands are in front of you, your arms are stretched out, palms are facing down, and then you can ease your way up into a hands and knees position. And then over time, shift your weight forward. So your shoulders are going to gradually go over top and in front of your hands. So again, you're going into more of that extension, breathing into it. And then you can also, again, reverse that in terms of having your hand um, with the top of your hand on the floor. So now your palm is facing up. So you're in that flexion position and rocking forward. So again, it's increasing that stretch in that way too. Now I should mention all of these mobility and stretches that I've mentioned go into what we call flexion extension. So like I said, the wrist is drying up or drying down, but we do want to also keep all of the mobility in the wrist. So there are other angles we can get to, um, to even just get to all of them doing wrist circles, right? So you can do a gentle, gentle fist, or even just keep your fingers and your thumb and relaxed and doing wrist circles in both directions. Again, you may notice restrictions in cer certain parts of those circles. And so even doing that, you could even get in a routine, you know, after you feed the baby, um, or after certain things during the day, that could be a good one to do. With decor veins that I mentioned earlier, which is that pain more at the base of the thumb around the wrist, but on that side of your, your thumb side, addressing finger strength and mobility is also key. So another type of mobility exercise is even notice, can you draw your thumb over to touch each fingertip? And then also, can your thumb touch the base of each finger? So almost around the, the knuckle area, but on the palm side. Those are some good ones to do for mobility around that thumb. And really think of drawing your thumb to the finger versus bringing your finger to your thumb. 
Now let's move on to strength. So like I said, we don't want to just strengthen the wrist. We want to be strengthening also the fingers, the thumb, and the rest of the arms. So if we start with the fingers, one that I find can be helpful because remember I said with the this type of lifting and carrying position, we're often curling our fingers and our thumb inwards, right? To grip around the baby to lift or to hold for feeding. So we also want to work those muscles in the opposite direction. So one way you can do this is if you get an elastic, you can use a hair elastic or any type of elastic you have at home, but just keep in mind, they can be different resistances. So to know that, you know, pick a resistant strength that is not painful or is so strong that you can't move your fingers. So you have to play around with the, the resistant strength of what you're using. But basically, if you put your thumb and your forefingers together, and then you're going to put the elastic on the outer part. So it will be around your fingers and your thumb. You're going to gradually lengthen your fingers. So extend your fingers and then try to open them away from each other. So it almost looks like you're opening the elastic in a circle because your four fingers are drying out. And so is your thumb and then bringing it back in. So we're strengthening the fingers again in the opposite direction that they're often hanging out with during the day. Uh, when we're lifting and carrying and holding and this over time again can be helpful for wrist pain and for thumb pain now when it comes to wrist itself you can do different um, types of like wrist curls so this you usually don't need a lot of weight so some people even start with like a soup can you can work up to five pounds but essentially with your forearm um, on a table and almost have your hand off the edge of the table. So your forearm's on the table, but your hand itself is off. You can start with the palm up and you can be drawing the wrist up towards you. So your fingers up towards you. So this is flexion and then slowly back to table height. So that's one way. And then as you want to challenge it more, with your hand being off the table, you can extend your wrist all the way out. So when you do that, it's like your the top of your wrist is going towards the floor because the palm is facing you. So if you think the opposite side, so the top of your wrist is actually going down towards the floor. And then you curl all the way up into flexion. So this one you're actually getting flexion and extension with. And then if you turn your hand over so your palm is facing down you can again just do wrist extension where your wrist is going from neutral and into extension and over time you could actually curl your wrist right down into flexion and then extend right up into extension so you're getting both flexion and extension with it so that's really more isolating the wrist and the form so there can be some benefits to that now, what I like to do is really, again, as soon as possible, bring it into full arm and shoulder movement. So for me, a big thing with that is bicep curls. And there's so many different ways we can do them. So you can picture having your um, palm facing up, arm right at your side, and doing like most people would picture this as a traditional bicep curl. So bending at your elbow, keeping it tucked into your side, drawing your uh, hand up towards your shoulder and then slowly lowering it. So, and think that one too, like we talked about neutral wrist. So try not to let your wrist bend, 
either down or up, try to keep it neutral with the rest of your forearm. So straight out from your forearm as you're doing those. And again, depending on your strength, uh, going into postpartum, everyone's going to start with a different amount. But I want you to keep in mind that you're lifting and carrying a baby in a car seat, right? Often throughout your day. So with my clients, I'm often increasing weight fairly quickly to mimic that. So if you're, you know, feel like you can only use five pound weights forever, you're carrying much more than that during the day. So to know we do want to challenge these muscles, but everyone's going to progress to a different degree and at a different speed. But just a reminder that at some point you do want to be increasing that. So like I said, you can do bicep curl with your palm up, but also hammer curls I really like. So that's where Again, you would tuck the elbow in at your side, but your palms are facing each other. And so you draw arm by the side and then going up. And again, think of keeping your wrist neutral to help strengthen it in that position. And then also another bicep curl I like is cross body curls. So it'd be similar start point to that first position. So arm is right at your side, palm facing forward. But this time when you go to do your bicep curl, you're actually doing the curl up towards the opposite shoulder and then back down to your hip. So let's say you're starting at the right hip, you're going to cross it over to your left shoulder, palm facing in, and then draw it back down to the right hip. So cross curls are great because again, that is a lot of what we're doing during the day, right? Lifting, putting baby over one shoulder or on one side or on one hip. So we want to incorporate all those different types of curls, which mimic so many different types of movements we're already doing, but strengthening them almost like you're cross training for uh, postpartum. That's what I tell my clients. I'm like, we want to actually train for these things that you're having to do all day so that those movements aren't painful or achy or sore. So those are three types I really like in terms of for bicep curls. But in general, those upper body like um, bent over rows are great as well. Upright rows are great too. These are all great to strengthen that whole upper body, but you can see this also brings the wrist aspect into it. Now let's go into activity modification because I know this often I find is what people are first told to do. And I can totally see why, you know, various professionals might might mention this. Um, We all have different backgrounds in terms of exercise and rehab. So sometimes when someone doesn't have that background, the first thing which makes sense is like, why don't we modify what you're actually doing? So let's go into that a little bit. One thing I would suggest is if you are exercising and you're getting frustrated that you can't do exercises on your hands and knees because of your wrist pain at this time, some things that you can do. So you can, instead of, you know, have being on your hand and so your wrist would be an extension, right? So if you picture hands and knees, um, palm is flat towards the floor. That means your wrist is an extension. What you could do instead is if you have any sort of weights, and it doesn't matter um, how big the dumbbell is, um, any hand weight will do, is if you place them parallel to each other underneath your shoulders, you could actually um, hold the weight. So again, your wrist is in more of that neutral position to be on hands and knees versus being in extension. So that's one way. Another way too is you can also, if you have a yoga mat, You could actually roll up the yoga mat or if you're not using a yoga mat, you know, a bath towel 
if you fold it up and place it under your wrist, so just under the kind of the wrist and the palm of your hand, but your fingers are off of it. So if you can picture that, your hand is almost on a bit of an angle. And what this is doing is it's helping your wrist not be in so much extension because often with wrist pain, that extension um, can be challenging to be in initially. So if we offset that a little bit, just with some cushioning under the wrist and the palm, that takes that extreme position out of the picture. And then over time, you can gradually bring that back in. Now, another part, again, and if you're having wrist pain, you may have already tried this, um, but using a wrist or a thumb splint. I find, again, this is a really common suggestion from uh, various professionals without the, the rehab background. And I think there can always be a place for splints. For me, when it comes to splints, when it's not something like an acute injury, when this is something that's a repetitive kind of movement that over time has called has caused some strain. The splints I find sometimes because they limit your movement, yes, there may be some benefit because it's it's helping that joint rest. It's also then immobilizing it. So you can't really get much movement out of it, which as you can see, some movement can actually be helpful for this area to recover. And so I always say with the splints, it should be something, if it's going to help, it should feel better immediately. So some people choose to use them just overnight. So when they're sleeping, because again, that can be a position or a time during the day that we get into those really curled up positions with our wrists. So sometimes having a splint on at night may be helpful because it limits that movement during the night when we don't really need it. During the day, I find it's more challenging, but also with this specific topic, right? I'm talking about this type of pain postpartum. So you're taking care of a baby, whatever age they are, there is a lot of movement and demands involved. And I just find with the splint, it isn't always the most realistic to use all day. Um, but again, even at night, if your baby is up lots at night, which is very common in terms of various times throughout those first couple years is that can be challenging to then if you're wearing it and then you have to get up with the baby, you may not be able to kind of hold the baby as you want to. So just keeping it in mind. So I would say if trying to splint is something you haven't done yet, but maybe you've done rehab and that, and that might be a good step to try out. Um, but to also know it's not necessarily going to work for everyone, or you may choose to use it only during certain periods of time. And so there's, like I said, there's different splints you can get. There are some that are really to help um, limit the movement of the wrist joint, but then there's also the one specific for decor veins, which is more to do with the thumb and kind of the wrist on that aspect. So on the thumb side. So just something to, to take note of and to know that if the splint doesn't work for you, it's not just you. There are many people that it doesn't necessarily work for, but for some it does. So it could be worth giving it a try and testing it out during different times of the day, along with different types of exercises. And like I mentioned, it can be helpful if you can see a physio near you for that individualized assessment to really know what's going on with your wrist because there's so many different types of wrist pain. Now, after listening to this episode, um, that you know there's so many different types, it's not a one size fits all. 
when it comes to uh, re rehab and recovery of that. So hopefully today's episode was helpful. And like I said, if you're pregnant, just take note of this. You can start some strengthening and the mobility exercises I mentioned, start those in pregnancy, but also if you're postpartum, these are different things that you could try out during the day as well. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 